This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where we are here to preview the North London Derby. It is now less than 48 hours away. We're all looking forward to it. We've got two big Spurs fans here. We've also got two big Arsenal fans and, of course, a former Arsenal player. Let's introduce the guest. We've got James Black with us, of course, big Spurs fan, the singer at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the man behind everyone getting in a good mood at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium because, of course, he has just sung uh, the song I'm Loving, Big Ange instead. James, lovely to have you back. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm a little bit apprehensive. I don't enjoy the build-up to the North London Derby the same as I enjoy every other game. There's a bit of nerves there, so you don't really... As a fan, you don't enjoy it as much, I don't think. But uh, yeah, I'm apprehensive, but good. Feel good. As I said, we've got some fantastic guests. We've got broadcaster Sophie Nicolau back on the channel with us. Sophie, welcome. Of course, producer of the Highbury squad, featured on TalkSport, Sky Sports and the BBC. And of course, the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. How are you? I'm epic, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Really looking forward to this. I'm so glad you're back, Sophie. And I tell you what, I don't know what you said to Kevin, because as a former Arsenal player to come on this show, to this channel, talking Tottenham Hotspur, uh, we've got, got, of course, Kevin Campbell, former Premier League striker, former Arsenal star, won the first division with Arsenal in 1991, won the FA Cup in 1993, the League Cup in 1993, uh, the European Cup Winners' Cup in 94, a total of 163 league appearances for Arsenal, 46 goals, 16 appearances in the FA Cup, for Arsenal, two goals, 15 appearances in the League Cup, six goals and 15 European appearances for Arsenal, five goals. Also played in the Premier League for Nottingham Forest, Everton and West Brom. Now a TV pundit and co-commentator. Kevin Campbell, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Hi, James. Hi, mate. So, you all right? 
<laughs> Listen, I can't. I couldn't leave Sophie on her own, Chris, could I? I had to come and back her up. <laughs> well, she must have said some good things for you to for you to trust us to come on here. But Kevin, let's let's start the show with you because, of course, former Arsenal player. Um, I wanted to ask, as a player, how does a player approach such a big game like this? Well, it's going to be it's quite an interesting one, Chris. I've got to say this because. Obviously, Arsenal have, have, have had to prepare for a European game. And, you know, Spurs at the other side have had a week to prepare. As a fan, you know the build-up is all week. Yeah. Once you finish your last game, as soon as that game finishes, you're thinking about the derby, aren't you? The derby, the derby. So, Arsenal have had a bit of a distraction. Obviously, back in the Champions League, you guys have had Champions League football, uh, you know, since... We've had it. We've we struggled to get in there. So it's been a it's been a welcome distraction, but it's a quick reset because what you don't want to do, you don't want to miss a beat or you know miss a video on the opposition because Spurs have been going well of late. Spurs are unbeaten in the league, playing good football, scoring loads of goals. So Arsenal at home again as a player. You just want to get down into your studying, look at the opposition, check them out. You fancy yourselves at home, but you still have to do your homework. But the pressure builds straight away. As soon as the game finishes, you could imagine all the Arsenal friends, we've got to beat Spurs, we've got to beat Spurs, we've got to beat Spurs. So that is just the focus for any player now. Sophie, let's come to you. Of course, both teams are unbeaten in the Premier League so far. Spurs sit in second spot, Arsenal are in fourth at the moment after five matches played. How are you feeling ahead of this game? Are you feeling confident? So this is the first time in probably... I, I was confident going into our home game last season. Um, but uh, I, previous to that, I hadn't felt confident going into a North London derby, especially under the Pochettino years um, when we were really, really struggling. It was actually a game that I was always excited for, but I started dreading. You know, you, you never know how it's going to go and form goes out the window, for it, to use a cliche. But I really dreaded the North London derbies, home and away, when Pochettino was manager. He did really well against us. Last season, that started to change a little bit. Our, our culture changed, um, the dynamic of the team, the player profile. And then going into this one, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, Chris, but for the first time in years, I feel really confident. Uh, going into this match. Uh, no excuses. Yes, I know what Kev was saying about we played in the Champions League. But if you want to be challenging the way we want to be challenging, um, you know, we've seen we Manchester City, the pinnacle of everything. You know, we played Wednesday. We played really well. This is where we've wanted to be. Now we've got a massive game, um, the biggest game for us this season. This is the game you never, ever want to lose. But I feel quite confident going into the game, despite how Spurs have started under Ange. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. And maybe that's because I beat my nephew, who's a Spurs supporter at foosball the other day, 5-2. So I've latched onto that a little bit as well as maybe a good omen. James, let's come to you. Let's talk about the, the mood amongst the Spurs fans right now. You will know more than most because, you know, last weekend against Sheffield United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I came to see you uh, perform um, in front of the Tottenham Hotspur fans. You certainly got them up for, for singing. The buzz is back. Poster Coglu has got Spurs fans some great football. How are you feeling ahead of this North London derby? Are you feeling confident? Because, you know, it is a place that we do struggle 
and have struggled over the years. We've only won uh, twice away at Arsenal in Premier League history, once at Highbury, once at the Emirates. We do always seem to struggle away at Arsenal. Yeah, confident, yeah. In, in terms of uh, the pressure seems to be off us this time. I think the way we're playing so so well, the fans are behind that. But we're six games into a project, after all four or five years into their into their project. I think that pressure will come in our favour for this. And I think the fans, the Arsenal fans are confident. I think the Tottenham fans are confident, which for the first time in a long time, you've got that. I quite like the Arsenal fans being confident and, and the team being confident as well. But me personally... Yeah, I think uh, I think they'll play without the shackles off for the first time in a North London derby in quite a while. And to see how that turns out in the play, I'm very excited for that. Because um, I think, uh, like I said to you before in the previous podcast, if we're playing the way that Tottenham want to play, then the, the manager and the team have got our back in anyway. So I think the way they've been playing for these five, six games gives us the support for them anyway. So yeah, I'm confident in that. Uh, Result-wise... Uh, I see it very, very close. I see uh, two, 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 or two, one. So uh, to Tottenham. So yeah, I'm, I'm confident if that if that gives you any inkling to how I'm feeling. Um, but more, more so the way we play, the way we play. I think we're going to take it to Arsenal. I think we're going to be a big test for them, and I'm not sure if they've had that so far up until now. Kevin, let's come to you. Um, I mentioned there um, the first Premier League season, 92-93. Of course, you played for Arsenal then. Um, Arsenal put out a weakened team um, that evening when Spurs beat Arsenal 3-1 at Highbury because you had a couple of cup finals coming up. Um, What do you remember about that? Pain, Chris. I remember (laughs) pain. It doesn't matter whether it's weakened or not. It's still painful to lose to your your rival. Um, We knew it could happen, and it did happen. Um, Spurs were were the victors on that day. But again, it's still painful. It's always painful to lose to, to, to you guys. Um, but generally, the home form has been has been very good. Uh, we tend to hold serve at home and you guys tend to hold serve at your, at your place. So, yeah, there's, there's going to be some confidence in, in, in the Arsenal fans um, at the Emirates this time. But again, nothing prepares you for losing to your rivals at home. It's not nice. And, um, yeah, thanks for that one, Chris. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I, I know, obviously, Kevin, there's going to be a lot of banter in the next hour or so. But in your opinion, why does Spurs struggle away at the Emirates Stadium? Because, of course, the last time we won there was back in 2010. We had to come from 2-0 down to win the game. But, you know, I hate going there, you know. As a, as a Tottenham fan, I'll, of course, I'm going to be there on Sunday. But, you know, that walk up to the ground, um, everything about it, you know, walking away from the ground when we've lost, um, it is not a nice feeling. But I tell you what, a couple of years ago when we beat you there um, in the Carabao Cup, that was a wonderful feeling. I tell you what, I could, if I could bottle that, it was absolutely marvellous. But Spurs do really struggle at the Emirates. Why do you think that is? I just think that there's a... There's... You know, when, you, when you're in a cycle of, of, of losing, when you're in a cycle, sometimes psychologically, that can affect the team, that can affect the squad. Um, I think Spurs have been trying to, to find the right balance for years. Sophie was right when she mentioned Pochettino. I Pochettino got the balance of the squad right, from defence to midfield to attack. And uh, you guys you guys were dangerous, really dangerous uh, outfit for us. So... It was always a problem for us, but having that balance for you guys over the years, I just think 
There's times where your defense is good, but your attack isn't so good. There's times where your attack is good and your defense isn't good. Um, so we've been able to prey on that. Uh, so it's interesting to see now that Ange's come in. Uh, and do you know what? I like Ange. It, him being at Celtic, <laughs> I liked him. He's gone to Spur. I don't dislike him, but just for Sunday. I just dislike him for <laughs> Because I, I can't like him for Sunday now, can I, Chris? You know, well, but, uh, even Mikel Arteta in his press conference this morning said, I really like Ange Postacoglu. Sophie, let's come to you on that. Do you really like Ange Postacoglu? I've been trying so hard to hate this man. <laughs> and I'm really struggling. I'm asking myself so many questions. Why? Why did Ange have to go to Tottenham? Because obviously, as a, as a Greek, um, he's, you know, we Greeks don't get too many uh, people in the limelight like this, right? So you really love to see that and support that. Um, and I followed Ange for quite a while. I felt like actually there was a lot of disrespect towards him when Tottenham hired him uh, in, uh, in, in the summer. Uh, I felt like people were underestimating his uh, IQ as a football manager. And a lot of people yeah. who were speaking about him had no idea that, you know, he learned his craft from Pushgas, the great Pushgas. And, um, you know, I have a lot of family in Australia and they're huge Ange fans. So I've been working on really trying to dislike him. I, I, was, I found a little thread the other day when the uh, reporter from the Greek newspaper, the Badigiagi, was in the press conference and asked him about uh, being Greek. And, and he kind of felt, I don't know if he felt a little bit uncomfortable about that. And I was like, hmm, maybe he's not as nice as we seem. But damn it, it's really hard to not like this guy. He says all the right things. And even in his presser today, I think he was asked about success and he said come on you know we haven't really won anything how can we compare ourselves to that and I thought that was really refreshing uh, coming from a, a Tottenham manager and any manager actually so you guys I think dare I say this out loud have you found your Mikel Arteta maybe we'll see well I was going to ask is Arteta the man to lead you to success because of course you know most of the country thought that Arsenal were going to win the Premier League last year of course it all went pear shaped in the end um do do the Arsenal fans still have full faith in Arteta to you know give a, a real challenge for the title this year um I think we do I think this is a huge season for Mikel uh, I, I believe that most Arsenal fans would love to see us win some major silverware. You know, last season was last season to me, Chris, felt like the season where Leicester won the league and you should have won it or we should have won it. You know, it felt yeah. like that slipped through our fingers majorly. Um, you know, when Welbeck scored that header, we all went nuts. We thought, wow, this is it. Finally, we're going to win the Premier League. And it just never happened. And last season to miss out. Um, in the manner in which we did just was really um, painful. Uh, so, but he's managed to find a thread and something to say to his players where we come back stronger. So we missed out on the Champions League. We got battered by you 3-0. Um, I was at the meeting pub in Cyprus for that game and that was painful too. Uh, but then we came back. Who's, who'd have thought that we would come back and perform the way we did that season? So, there's definitely something as a manager that he's able to kind of, you know, get into the players' minds. And he's really built a different type of mental strength that Arsenal have failed to have over the years. And it's been our Achilles heel. So for those reasons, yes, I think Arsenal fans back him. He's got his own team now. And I do believe, though, this is a no-excuses season for Mikel Arteta. Chris, can I add to that? Let yeah, of course. Add, let me just add to that because Sophie makes some good, great points. But it's also... The hierarchy backed Mikel Arteta. 
spending over 200 million pounds in the transfer market, record signing, 105 million for Declan Rice, bringing uh, Havertz in, bringing Timber in, you know, bringing Raya in. They've backed the manager because they believe in what he's doing. He got a little bit of success early winning the FA Cup. You know, he, he's had to perform really big surgery on this squad. Look at the players that were there when he first took over. Look at the, the squad now. He's, he's pretty, you know, he's, he's done a lot of surgery on that squad. And now this is his squad. Went close last year, but probably didn't have the experience, if we're honest. And we're still the youngest squad in the league, but now we're more experienced. So the pressure's on Arsenal mm -hmm. to, to, to win some silverware, that's for sure. But I'm. I think the majority of Arsenal fans will be happy. Mikel Arteta is the manager for sure. Yeah, what's the bare What's the bare minimum, Kevin? In your opinion, that Arsenal have to achieve this season for the fans to be happy? Got to win. Got to win some silverware. Um, and do you know what? We we go crazy. Oh, it's, it can't be the Carabao Cup. It can't be the. It's got to be the league or the Champions League. Let me tell you something, Chris. I take any silverware because silverware is what it's about yeah qualifying for the champions league is great but you know what manchester united won won the carabao cup last season and i love it when you take that team picture and there's a trophy in front of you it shows you've had some modicum of success so i think that's the minimum yeah you want the bigger trophies but if there's only four trophies you can get so if you win one or two of them i think you've He's done very well. Well, we talk Chris, about trophies all the time, Kevin. The so go I was going to say, Chris, the last time we won the league, the last time we won the league cup and a European trophy was when Kev played. You know, yeah. we our pro our prowess in Europe has been average since then. You know, in the league cup, um, you know, I think Arsenal. I, as an Arsenal fan, I would love to win the league cup um, this season. I, I just, you know, Kev said on our show. You know, he was asked, did, who had a more successful season last year, Manchester United or Arsenal? And Kev's answer was Super Kev? Manchester United. Ma because they won yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, we're still waiting for a trophy since 2008. So uh, hopefully Spurs will win one before you do. Um, <laughs> James, James, let's come to you. Um, of course, as I've mentioned about you singing about Ange Postacoglu, this manager seems to have transformed this Tottenham Hotspur fan base at the moment. Everyone is smiling again. Um, how would you describe the mood to everyone? Uh, now, like the best way to describe it was... It was so early on. Was the um, the gig at home to Man United, which was our first home gig, first time I'd seen the home fans in the stadium when Andrew was in was there. And I I've been playing there three or four years. Different. I started at Wembley uh, playing for the home team, and they were so loud. And at that point, they all had seen was a two-all draw with Brentford. But it's because we're playing the way that, that he's that he's playing. This, the, the fans were so loud that we had to turn our monitors up. The drummer couldn't hear himself. It was mental in there. Uh, it was crazy. So I, I knew from that moment that we're going to get behind this manager. And ever since then, I see I see in the last game as well. It's crazy. And even when we was losing to Sheffield United, you can still see the fans that were behind him. They stayed. Not that a lot of them would have gone, but I think Michael Bridge said something on that, didn't it? Like they would have gone a, a bit before if it was Pochettino or, or, or Conte because they wouldn't have seen us getting away back even. But they just knew it's a belief system. And I think uh, instead of Fer Fergie time, you've got An Angie time now, aren't you, I suppose? No, it's the biggest comeback ever. But there's a belief here. And I think it comes from Spurs want to play a certain way and we're playing that way. 
So I think um, they've given a four-year contract, I believe. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's something like three or four-year contract. They've given four. Yeah. So believe in him. We believe in his philosophy. And we're six games into it. And the feeling is incredible. I, like it, I, It's on par with the 2019 when we got to the final, how loud it was in that stadium there uh, already. James, James, are you surprised on how quickly this connection with the fans has happened? Because we're five games into a Premier League season. And the fans are absolutely loving a manager. And, I, and Kevin and Sophie, I'll ask you the same question in a minute about that connection with, you know, a manager coming in and everyone being on board so quickly. I've never known anything like it. Not real, not not crazy surprise. I think we're not because I'm writing these songs. I'm getting things. You have to do like your due diligence on things, and you have to look into it as like reporters would do, and look and is this going to be a good appointment? Is this going to stick? Am I throwing myself into the dogs to become a meme to Arsenal fans by coming up with something? So you have to be careful. So like, I, I did watch quite a bit of it and see how he was in presses and at Celtic and the football and the way they played. I kind of knew that we was going to get behind it. And then straight away, I saw, I saw it um, um, against West Ham, even though we'd lost it. Everyone was still like, wow, this is great. This is like a, a breath of fresh air for everything what he's doing there. So not really surprised, but... I guess I thought it was not as big as what he's done, but I thought he would. Do, I thought he would connect to everybody in, in his personality, in the way he's been. He calls everyone mate, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Kevin, even Sophie's been raving about Ange Postecoglou on this show so far. Um, you know, we've been through some dark times in in previous years. You know, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, Nuno Espirito Santo. In between that, Ryan Mason's taken over a couple of times. Stellini's been there, of course. Pochettino back in the day lost the Champions League final. Um, haven't won a trophy since 2008. Is Ange Postacoglu the man to take Spurs forward and win a trophy, do you think? Well, first things th first, I hope not, obviously. But, <laughs> but you, you say we could have a bit of banter. I hope not, but I do like him. And I truly believe the Spurs fan base, I've got a lot of friends who, who are Spurs fans, a lot of the Spurs fans needed somebody who they can believe in. They really did because mm -hmm. signing these managers who are, who are elite, so-called elite managers, your Pochettinos and your, your Contes, you, you brought them in, but the football wasn't what you wanted to see. It wasn't what you wanted to see. Um, Espirito Santo came in, it was, it was a bit bitty, but it wasn't. It wasn't what Spurs fans are brought up on. You want to play attractive football. And a lot of it is, no matter what, you want to play attractive attacking football. And um, Ange Postecoglou came in and that feeling amongst the players, I think the fans understand and they could see the players putting it in. They could see the manager is, is, is trying to do something on the front foot. And it's easy for the fan base to get behind it. It really is. And I, I, I've got to say, I've I've watched some of the Spurs games, and you do you do play so front foot football, attacking wise. It, it is exciting to watch. And you, you know, you're going away and you're beating teams, and you you're coming games that you would have lost. You like, probably last season you would have lost that Sheffield United game. Yeah. Mm. This season you win it, and you win it playing the right way. So it's easy for the fan base to get behind it. And uh, listen, it just makes for a, a better North London, doesn't it? It really does. How about Kevin and Sophie take a bet from me? If Spurs win the FA Cup, you both come back on here with Spurs shirts on. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never get Kev to do that. 
ever. That ain't happening. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Kev, I did pick. I did pick you to win the FA Cup. I said it would be so. I can use the word here, Spursy. Um, if you, with Harry Kane leaving and all the years having one of the best strikers in the world, I picked you to win the FA Cup. Now that tastes like vinegar coming out of my mouth, but I, I have a feeling that. Listen, you like like us. You hit football rock bottom, and. You know, Mikel came in to take us through football rehab. We went through uh, breakdown, meltdown, rock bottom. And when Ange came in, you guys were at rock bottom. You know, the fan base, uh, like us, we just had enough of mediocrity. Um, the difference, of course, and I'm, I say this with, you know, with sincerity, is that we had been used to winning and winning so much. Even in our darkest days, you know, we won four FA Cups. I don't yeah. think ever, any other club, you know, most clubs would just take one of those, right? So, and similarly, there's a pattern with Arsenal and Tottenham a little bit, right? With the new stadium, we had the new stadium. We couldn't invest in the team. You saw that on the pitch. Um, commercially, though, for all of his faults, I think what your chairman has done commercially for you is incredible um, in terms of how he's put the stadium on the map and all the other ancillary stuff that is, that is happening. Uh, but at the end of the day, football fans want to win and football fans want to watch attractive football. And, you know, I remember my brother's a Spurs fan and, you know, he had Steve Archibald and Glenn Hoddle posters on his wall and Garth Crooks. And, I mean, you know, it was difficult to go into his bedroom a, a lot of the times when, uh, you know, we wanted to hang out and stuff like that. But my family is Spurs fan. I'm in a Spurs household right now. My nephew's house, he's got an arcade machine with to dare to do all over it. I've tried to paint it red while I'm here, Super Kev. Um, but, you know, I'm not having any luck. So, my, I see my family go through similarly what we've gone through and you feel like you've got your club back. And a little bit like us, I wasn't into Mikel Arteta at the beginning. I felt like there was a little bit of arrogance. I felt like perhaps, you know, I didn't see things that other fans did. Um, I didn't think, you know, losing a semi-final of a European, um, you know, the potential to win a European trophy against the man you replaced starting the following season, 0-0-0, had a lot of question marks. So I think Andrew has come into a situation a lot more positively than Mikel because I do think there were some Arsenal fans like me that weren't sure um, about our manager uh, you know when he first came in so so yeah I mean there's I think there's a lot of similar similarities between us and um, I know from my family who do love Spurs they're enjoying watching your brand of football right now. Sophie just want to talk about the team news um, Arteta confirmed earlier that Thomas Partey is out of this game on Sunday Martinelli has not been ruled out he will be assessed um, how important is, is is he to your starting eleven? Sorry, you cut you cut out there. Which player? How important is he? Which player? Martinelli. Look, um, we've had the great Stephen Ickle on our show, and Super Kev will tell you he comes on when we talk about Arsenal Liverpool games. And for the last two or three seasons, he's said we say to him, "What do you fear the most?" He goes, "The kid on the left and the kid on the right." Um, and the energy they bring and the talent they have and what they do and how they've evolved off the ball. I think Jesus has had a massive role to play in their elevation in terms of overall football play. Um, it's all well and good to kind of dribble the ball and, and, and score goals, but the effort they, they, they kind of infuse off the ball um, has been really impressive. The great thing about us now, Chris, is that we've got a little bit more depth. When you have a player like Trossard who can come in and have the effect that he can, uh, I think, you know, that's the big difference with us. So Trossard really shone in the Champions League game. He stepped in and done really well 
um, in the absence of Martinelli. Will we miss him? Yes. But for the first season in a long time, we have a player who can come in and cover for him and I think cover for him effectively. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. James, let's come to you. Of course, Captain Hunmin Son played uh, the central role for Spurs against Burnley, scored a hat-trick. Uh, Richarlison was on the bench. Richarlison was also on the bench for the Sheffield United game. Came on in the last 20 minutes, of course, provided a goal and an assist. Do you think Ange Postacoglu will change the starting eleven from the Sheffield United game for this Arsenal fixture? Uh, because we know that Richarlison can be a handful and he can be troublesome in a game like this. It's definitely something we keep talking about between me and my housemate who's Tottenham is about uh, that front three. We, we can now change within... We've got a bit of depth there, haven't we? We've got Johnson, we've got Richarlison, we've got Solomon, Kulu. Um, Perisic will be a big miss, I think. Um, but I think he'll stick with the same and and bring on subs. So I think Richarlison coming on the 60th minute or whatever, something like that would work. I think he might, uh, if he needs to, bring Kulu back into the middle. Did he do Kulu through the middle against Sheffield United? We had four up front, didn't we? pretty much yeah that's an option for him so for that reason I think he'll stick with the same for the start and then I think he'll bring on Richie and uh, maybe Johnson but Son Son out the, Son out the left even with Richie in the middle for me it would be amazing but uh, I think he'll, st- he'll stick with Solomon Son and Kulu Kevin let's come to you um, James Madison for £40 million or if you want to put it this way £30 million plus Harry Winks going the other way <laughs> the signing of the summer for you? Well, he's one of them. Um, listen, I think you put the balaclavas on and went and got him, didn't you? It was uh, you stole him. Let's be honest, you stole him. That's that's cheap money. Um, I think the previous summer, people were talking about James Madison seventy million or seventy plus million um, when Brendan Rodgers was 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 at Leicester. So I, I, I like Madison. I think he's not only can he score goals, he can create. He's got that smart football brain about him. And I think he's making you more of an outfit uh, that where you're going to share goals at the top end of the pitch. The, the, the big test is always when you play the top teams, isn't it? That's yeah. going to be the test because the sample size is so small right now. It's five games. You've done well. It's all great. James Madison is a top player. Definitely. Played his way into England reckoning at Spurs now, whereas he was getting overlooked previously, wasn't he? He weren't even getting in the team. Now he's 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 make he's getting game time for for England. So, you know that's really worked out for him. But again, the big test is going to be when you play the likes of Arsenal, etc. Um, so it, a lot remains to be seen, Chris. If I'm honest with you, but do I like James Madison? Yes. Do I think you stole him? Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Kevin, what do you make of the goalkeeping situation at Arsenal? Because it seems quite peculiar that Arteta has come out and said that you know, he may even sub the goalkeepers during matches. And he was asked again in his press conference today uh, who will play in goal. He said he don't know. Um, Raya or Ramsdale for you? I don't care. Listen, as long as we win, I don't care who goes in goal. We've got two number one goalkeepers. Um, what I will say is Ramsdale hasn't put a foot wrong this season. And Raya hasn't put a foot wrong this season either. Raya obviously played the last two games, two clean sheets. You know, if he went with Raya, then you could say, fair enough. I totally, I totally understand it. If he said, Ramsdale, you go in. Ramsdale played for England. He, he, he played well for England. He's, he's been involved in, in most of the league games so far this season. Again, both keepers are unbeaten. So, do you know what? It's, it's up to Mikel Arteta who he chooses to be his number one. Because he's going to have to choose one. At some stage, this might not be the stage where he chooses number one. Because I think after Christmas, I think that's when he's going to have to choose his number one. But it's, 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 it's going to be a tough decision because Ramsdale's, Ramsdale's good and Raya's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Sophie, if you could sign one Spurs player for your team, who would, who would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Because any other season, it's such an easy answer. Maybe that's why I'm a little bit confident as well this season, Chris, because there's no Harry Kane. He loves mm. uh, scoring against Arsenal, doesn't he? Um, I, always a fan, I was always a fan of Kulichewski. I thought that he was really talented and I thought that he would add to our squad, especially um, kind of, you know, when we wanted to rest Saka. Of course, you know, he's the type of player that can start in a team. But um, I, I, I was always a fan of his, you know, from when he was playing... Uh, in Italy, uh, maybe a couple seasons ago, uh, Kev will say we really liked Basuma. Um, he was a player that we yeah. felt that we were lacking um, and we wanted in our midfield. So um, maybe Basuma or Kulichevsky uh, for me, um, you know, one of those two. So if I want to put it another way now, how many of the Spurs squad would get into the <laughs> current Arsenal starting eleven? <laughs> Oh, you're not going to like this answer much. Um, did well, you hear Darren Tim, Bent? Tim, yeah, Tim Sherwood the other day said none. Darren Bent pretty much said none. So are you going to give me that same answer? No, uh, I'm not. Listen, <laughs> I, 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 I have to say that with our situation on the left, you know, Son is still a world-class player. He had a horrible season last season, but he's... There are, you've got two players in your team that I think maybe our defence is strong enough to stop you from kind of intricate play, but you've got a couple players that could turn a game with a couple bangers, and that is Son and Madison. Um, and I think Son would pretty much force, him, force his way into most teams in Europe. Um, and I think right now, if we, had a, if we had Son, you could argue he would be playing and starting the game on Sunday. Um, so I think Son... So there's an argument for Romero. I mean, World Cup winner. He's been he's been a really good player. But when you have Saliba and Gabriel at the back, that that's a bit of a tough one. So I'm going to go with Son makes the starting eleven. Just the one then, James. What would you say? Um, how many of these Arsenal players would get in Tottenham starting eleven? Uh, definitely Saka, hundred uh, percent. Um, Odegaard, he'd get in. Um, I know you'd be nice. 
<laughs> to um, who else? Who's the back? Who's, who's, who's your left? Is uh, Zinchenko and who's the other one? White. Martin, no, they won't get in. Would Saliba get in, James? Uh, yeah, probably. But then we got Romero, and I reckon Van der Ven's going to turn out to be one of the best defenders in the league this season. And Romero's a World Cup winner. So I think Romero definitely is in the combined. And Van der Ven's very close with Saliba for me. But probably Saliba at the moment. James, what did you well, just say? <laughs> I said... Van Saliba. der Ven is close to Saliba. Yeah, definitely. Sure? Yeah, definitely. Van der Ven is going to be one of the best defenders this season. No, no, on that. Well, you talk about going to be. That, we're that's yeah. ahead. We're talking now. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying. Saliba gets in now, but by the end of the season, I would guarantee, I reckon Van der Ven's going to end up being a better season than Saliba. I'll shake. I'm, listen, I'll bet you on that one. <laughs> Kevin, come on. Come on, give it to us. Get, get, reel off the, the amount of Spurs players we're getting in the uh, the Arsenal starting eleven. I, I think uh, Sophie was right. I think Son is one of the only ones. Um I think Madison could have a shout, hundred um, percent. If there was, if there was any any problems um, in that midfield, obviously Madison's an excellent player. If there's any injuries at the back, I think Maria Romero could get in as well. But apart from those three, potentially, and not saying that they will get in, they're challenging to get in. I wouldn't take any other Spurs player. I know James is being Spurs. You're being you're being Spursy with me, James. I Did know you, you are. Romero over Gabriel. No, 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 because they play different sides. Right. Gabriel's on the left. Romero's on the right. I just think Saliba's already one of the best defenders in the world, and he's still a kid. So, um, and I'll I'd like to keep the units together. So I I just think we're a little bit ahead of you guys right now. You're playing well, of course you are. But I think there's potentially three players who could who could get in that side. Kevin, um, what do you think is the main difference between Spurs and Arsenal right now? Is it the fact that Arsenal will go out and spend big money? Um, because, it, it, you know, Arsenal have shown real intention that they want to go and compete with Manchester City all the way and try and win the Premier League. Do you think that Spurs are a team where, where we're just going for a top four spot or just to get into a European spot? Because the way I see it and, and the way that a lot of Spurs fans see it is that we're never going to heavily invest um, to be challenging for the Premier League. Well, I think one of the reasons why you brought Ange Postacoglu in is because he can make things happen without going massive, without the big budget. I mean, you look what Mikel Arteta's done. There hasn't been a crazy budget there. He's bought players for decent money and he's put something together that works. I think that's what, you know, you could look at Mourinho and you could look at uh, Conte. They wanted big money to go out there and spend. And it doesn't have to go that way. I, I particularly think that um, that's what Spurs are going to try and do. Arsenal were a bit ahead of Spurs right now solely because Nikola Arteta's had longer to put this thing together. That's what Ange Postacoglu's got to do. As I said, we're only five games into it. You know, such a small sample size. There's going to be ups and downs. We know what the league's like. There is going to be ups and downs. But I think you've got a manager there who can put teams and squads together. Now, how successful he's going to be, I don't know. But, 
like I say, we're a bit ahead of you because Mikel Arteta's been at the helm a little bit longer than you. He's started to garner some success. And you know what? Thanks to you guys, after you guys whooped us at your stadium and, <laughs> and, and took the Champions League spot, that really refocused the boys, the players. That really did. And, you know, went close last season, couldn't quite get over the line. Uh, but, again, that's all part of the learning. So you guys, I'm sure, have to go through some of that learning. And, and I'm sure, like, we, like us, there's going to be a bit of pain um, along the way. So hopefully that begins on Sunday. <laughs> that atmosphere, by the way, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was incredible that evening. It really was. Sophie, an awkward question for you. Would Kevin Campbell get in the starting eleven of the current Arsenal side? What a vicious question. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. I would when Jesus ain't playing. Listen, you would, Kev, I don't know if your tracking back was a good, as good as Jesus is, okay? Um, you know, but talk about left foot, right foot, super goals, banger goals, six, eight yards. Super Kev was absolutely a, I don't know, he was a, I watched him to, to actually be talking football with him on our show, having watched him play at Highbury yeah. for all those years. What a player. And I think that Tottenham fans would respect, you know, to, um, Kev, Kev as a player. And not only that, what he did, at Ever saved Everton from relegation, saved West Brom as super captain with Brian Robson from relegation, um, the greatest escape ever. That's I when think I like no. Everton and West Brom. That's when I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, James. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> For me, he gets in because a lot of Arsenal fans still think we need a prolific goal scorer, and so who better to come in um, than Super Kev? But do you know, what else? Chris. Do you know what cool. else? I, I think it's the difference. You need somebody who Jesus is fantastic. Great play. But that's why the, the Arsenal fan base right now are clamouring for, we need an Ivan Tony. We need somebody mm. different up there, somebody big who's going to be able to get hold of the ball and, and, and lead the line. So that's where I would get in. And then maybe, listen, I'll be, I'll be happy on the bench. I could come up for 15 minutes, mate. That will do <laughs> me now. <laughs> Have you still got it in you? I could do 15 minutes. That would be my lot, Chris. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Kevin, how, how has football changed um, since you played um, in the Premier League? How, how has it changed for you? Chris, a lot of people say to me football's changed. It hasn't changed. Um, the coverage of the game has changed. Um, the global appeal of the game has changed. But you know as well as I do that, that the name of the game is still to put the ball in the opposition net and keep it out of your own. And, and how you do that, and, and the players have changed, whereas it's more of an international team and squads now. Um, but you know as well as I do, the bottom line is, when you haven't got the ball, you've got to be able to press that opposition. You've got to win the ball back. The quicker you can win the ball back and put it in their net, the better you're going to be. Um, so the fundamentals of the game don't change. Um, obviously, this VAR and stuff like that, waiting yeah. for... Goal line technology, it could drive us all mad, can't it? All this type of stuff. So certain aspects of the game has changed. Periphery bits that are added on. But football-wise, 
Not a lot's changed, mate. Not a lot's changed. It is all about good players and good teams performing. Do you look at someone tackling now and think that that would that it was much better beforehand and now it's a bit soft? Do you look at that them sort of what tackling, James? Yeah, exactly. Tackling? <laughs> there ain't no tackles. You can't tackle anybody anymore. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look back at some of the tackles that used to go on in the derby game. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it come with a government health warning, wouldn't it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah. again, protection of players. I get it. Yeah. The money in the game, the salaries. It's it's you got to protect players now. But remember, we used to play on pitches that weren't so great. Now they're like bowling green. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, certain aspects of the game has changed like that yeah. for the better. Kevin, in a North London derby, um, was the team any different to um, you know, playing um, Everton or Nottingham Forest or you know another Premier League team? Was the North London derby different in the changing room for you? The week of the game, it was different. I'll tell you, the week in training, there was always an edge to the training. There was always somebody would have a fight in training because <laughs> the edge, the edge, the tackles, because that mentality, it's not just a switch that you switch on on match day. You know, you're going into a North London derby and you, you, you want to make sure you're right. So there was always something going on in training and the manager was trying to say, tone it down, but smiling under his breath, you know, to, <laughs> to, 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 to get stuck in there. So it meant, it means that much, doesn't it? To both sets of fans. It does. It yeah. means so much. And, um, you know, it means so much to the players as well, because the players feel it. The players don't want to let the fans down. We know sometimes it can go pear shaped for us, for both sets of players. It can, um, but you just want to prepare as best you can for the game. And uh, you leave no stone unturned. And then you get to the game day and you try and win it and try and celebrate with your fans as best you can. If it doesn't go your way, you got it. Sophie, go easy away. on this question. Go easy on this question. Your favourite North London derby memories? Mm, definitely all the ones we've won. Um you know, sorry if there's a delay, by the way. You know, I am in a Spurs household. I have to keep putting, like, 50p in the meter for the internet, okay? So bear with me here. Um, you know, I I mean, the Thierry Henry slide is, of course, iconic. But I kind of liked I – like, I liked it when we got a result in the Pochettino years. Um, the Harry Kane mask game, the iconic – I mean, the Deli Alley move and, and then the way Harry Kane finished that. And the, and then, you know, thank, thank goodness for Hugo Lloris making a few mistakes against us. Uh, the Alexis Sanchez goal like that, just to get a point in that game meant everything to us at that time. You know, it's those games, the Mustafi header in the rain, um, that for a player that we really didn't like, you know, those, those kinds of matches where we, we weren't expected to win, but somehow we got a result. Um, those are the ones that really meant a lot to me. I mean, I love the 90s, the 90s games as well. But anytime we won, Chris, your answer is simple for me. Anytime we beat you, it was glorious. And I'll take them all. Yeah, you could you could have mentioned Hugo Lloris's penalty save at Wembley, actually. I mean, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, that's nice of you. <laughs> I thought you thought you were going to go Paul Gascoigne on me for Wait, a minute. Don't mention that's Wembley to me. Don't oh, there you go. Me. I don't want no, to no. know. James, James, it brings me perfectly on to you. Yeah. Favourite favorite memories of the North London derby? 
Well, 100% is, is the Gascoigne free kick for me. I love that. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I really got into it. To be honest, I'm sorry, Kev. Um, but I'll tell you why. I met, I met Gaza uh, at Wembley, and he was describing the goal to me whilst pointing at the goal, which I was so uh, loved seeing as a kid. That was a very surreal moment for me. That's why it sticks in my mind. So I've had Gaza describe the goal. Um, and even that commentary, that schoolboy's own stuff, will just ne never leaves my head. It's on a cycle. Uh, the Kabul header um and the the Aaron Lennon goal for the four was it Aaron Lennon for all that that included yeah. that Bentley goal as well that that was an amazing game and the cup the 5-2 cup game was amazing and the Deli Alley chip that uh I mean I've, I've got loads but uh again it's down to results at the end and Harry Kane the mask one I mean obviously that it ended two all so it kind of depletes it a bit but I love that when that goal went in that was an incredible moment uh, but yeah, maybe the gas going free kick for me. I'm going goal. to go. With I'm sorry, Kev. Oh, Chris, I knew you'd do it to me. Why you brought him on, <laughs> Kevin? Can you can you talk us through that gas free kick? No, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Actually, Chris, oh, boy, I can. Oh, I can, Chris, because <laughs> let's be honest, he's got no right None. to be shooting from there. He's got no right, None. and. We put two in the wall, and I was like, <laughs> as if, the, if, there was if there was people there, if there was players there in the four-man wall, I'd be number five, right? And I'm, I'm looking at the goal, and I'm looking at Gaza, and I'm thinking, are you winding me up here? You know what I mean? And... This one, eh? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, James, I'll tell you. What. That's all I've got. Let me have it, Kev. Let Keep me have that it. down, mate. Keep it down. Get your medals out, Kev. Get your medals out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'll save that to the end, so. <laughs> <laughs> he runs up to the ball, and I, I just can't wait to see Dave Seaman catch it, if I'm honest, because he's hit it keeper side. So <laughs> if, you watch, if you watch that goal, he shoots, and I jump, and I turn. Because I just expect Dave Seaman to do that. But the trajectory of the ball and the, the pace of it, oh my goodness. I think it just caught Dave Seaman by surprise. The dip and everything, it, it, it was just, listen, it was just outstanding. It was just an outstanding goal. Made me sick. And um, <laughs> it, that, that, was, that, was, that was Spurs' day that day. You, you outperformed us on the day. We got it back to 2-1. And I remember hitting the crossbar at 2-1. Yeah, and then right. hit the crossbar, and then you guys went up the 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 other end, and Lineker scored. Yeah, Alan Smith scored, and Gary Lineker went up the other end and and made it three one. So you took the spoils. I know them, but, you know yeah. that yeah. was. I must say, one of the most painful days of my life. Oh, it was! Say. It was awful, it was. Kev. So thanks, Chris and James. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's the only day it, that was as painful was them getting to the when they got to the Champions League final. That was pain. That was so yeah. painful. I, I was, it was like dark death of football. It was just awful. But that Gaza free kick, it was vomit worthy. It was awful. I, I can't believe Kev's having to live through it again right now. Poor yeah, Kev. but so the, the Spurs getting to the Champions League final against Liverpool for me is the worst game for me ever. Being an ex Everton captain <laughs> and an ex Arsenal player, I was yeah. getting asked every moment, "Who do you want to win?" I says, "None of the above." <laughs> millions, none of the above. Off. I don't want nothing. I'm going to Timbuktu. I'm, my phone will be off. <laughs> I, I didn't want to know. 
and uh, whoever won won the game. So, did yeah. you watch that semi-final moment against? Did you watch that against Ajax? Did you watch that goal go in? The Mora no. goal. Are no. you joking, Edio? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got told Spurs have won. I thought my worst nightmares coming true. They're in the final. Oh no! But it's against Liverpool, and Liverpool they've got that history, haven't they? Of 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 Champions Leagues. So. Kevin, what, what was it like playing in a North London derby, in particular going to White Hart Lane? What was the crowd like to you? Well, it's, it was always... Listen, it's hatred, isn't it? Let's, let's be fair. It's always <laughs> hatred, but these are the games that you, you love to play, you thrive on, because you don't expect to go to your rivals and get clapped. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you expect it to be hostile. You expect it when you come out for the warm-up, you get the whistles and you get you get the banter from the crowd and, and, and all sorts. Those were, these are the games that make you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. These are the games, you win these games. They're the games that make you. I, I remember my first, my first uh, going as a player, as a young player, I've been as a fan, but going as a young player was the replay in the League Cup where... Ian Allenson scored, and then Rocky got the winner of the, what was it, the Littlewoods Cup at the time, I think it was. Um, so that was my first being in this, being with the team. I was 17 years old, and I thought to myself, this is, this is the life. You know, that rivalry was just burning so hot. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's outstanding. It's outstanding. Spurs, we know Spurs and Arsenal, there's no love lost, but you know, going to enemy territory is always... If you can win there, as yeah. you well know, you've, you've won away before. If you can win on enemy territory, there's nothing better. Are you nothing. more nervous? Are you more nervous as a player or as a fan for the NLD or for either? Are you, are you more... Well, always, always. I mean, as a player, I never really suffered nerves. Right. I'm more nervous, I suppose, as a fan. You can do nothing about it. Yeah, because you yeah. can't control anything. You know what I mean? It's like... I'd yeah. much rather be involved in the squad. Kevin, can I ask you quickly um, on two things? What did you think when Sol Campbell moved to Arsenal? And also, what did you think when George Graham moved to Spurs? Uh, let me take the latter one first. When George Graham moved to Spurs, George Graham was... He's a manager at work. And knowing George... He, 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 he's a, George Graham is a winner. Whatever anybody says, he's a winner. And he's one of those managers who will go somewhere and win a trophy. And George Graham even went to Spurs and won a trophy, right? Yeah. You, you, you've, you've seen probably more prestigious names of late go to Spurs and not be able to win. But, you know, I, I never held that against George because George Graham's a manager looking to looking to play his trade. So the fact that Spurs took the audacity to go for him, and when they got him, it was like, I knew Spurs are going to win something. I just knew it because I'd worked under the manager for such a long time. He's got that mentality of winning. He doesn't. Some of the football you might not like, but you know what? If he can win silverware, it works. Now, the Sol Campbell one, for me, 
this was one of the sweetest moments. <laughs> My Spurs mates were going absolutely spare. I was speaking to them about, so Campbell going to sign a new contract? Yeah, he is, yeah, he is. And then it got announced. And I was like, straight on the blower. Hey, he's, he's joined Arsenal. No way. When they check it, they wouldn't take my calls or anything. I, I just think Arsenal were the trajectory of Arsenal at the time. That's what swayed Sol Campbell. He, he wanted to win. He wanted to win leagues. He wanted to win titles. And I don't think the hierarchy at Spurs convinced him that Spurs were that team. And he, he was probably right. But a lot of my Spurs friends tell me it's the way that it was done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, the yeah, way let's move, on. Let's move on from Sol Campbell. Let's move on. <laughs> no, no, actually, James, let's keep going about oh, Sol Campbell. Put the laptop down. Yeah. I knew yeah. I shouldn't have asked that question. Nah. That's a good question. If that happened today, it would have broken the internet. Yeah. It would yeah. have it would have destroyed Twitter. You often wonder what you know transfers would have done that. And the Sol Campbell one, my goodness. Thankful there wasn't social media then for Spurs fans for sure. And I can, you know, I I would have felt if Tony Adams had gone to Tottenham. I don't know if I would have ever been able to watch football again. I mean, I say that loosely. Of course I would. But that would have just been soul-crushing. So, you know finally... So, so, but you know what, Chris James? It should have never got to that point. That's the, pro mm. that's the problem. If you've got... Soul was captain at the time. Yeah. He should have never yeah, been able to run his contract down. Never. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be on, I can't be on air and talk about that man unfortunately so I can't uh, so I have to I have to move on. Yeah you you you've noticed Kevin and Sophie James and I have remained very quiet on this subject. Um <laughs> Sophie finally um your predicted lineup uh, for Arsenal uh, on Sunday in the North London derby and your score prediction. I don't think we change from PSV um I'm wondering if Ange watched that game, guys, and kind of went maybe back to the drawing board because I think it was a great example of, you know, if you if you if you allow us to play that way, um, I think we can be particularly ruthless this season just because of some of the X factors. The, the addition of Declan Rice to our team has been incredible. It's like he's been playing for Arsenal um, his entire career. I think it's an un unchanged side. Why uh, change it? Um, and you're not going to like this scoreline at all. But I'm going to go with the scoreline of me beating my little nephew on the foosball. I, I really do fancy us a, a little bit like last season. I think we'll be up 3-0 at halftime. I think you'll have a great second half. You'll come out strong, maybe even get a couple goals. And then we'll find a way in um, Ange time to maybe finish it off 4-5-2. Wow. You are confident. Wow. And I, I'm scared about that now. All of a sudden, I'm regretting saying this all out loud. I just want to, yeah, yeah, but no, yeah. no, that's how I feel. If, if if it all goes pear shaped for you, Sophie, this will be clipped up and added to your Twitter feed <laughs> on Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> James, what about you? Um, I think that it's going to be a lot closer than the start of other NLDs. Um, I think it's going to be same setup for us <laughs> as, as the last game. Maybe change Poro with Royale, be a bit more defensive on that side. That's the only change I can sort of see him doing. Uh, uh, although Royale got a red card last NLD, so maybe not. Um, and But I see us winning 2-1. I see it quite a close game, but us taking it 2-1. You see a Spurs win. I'm going to go for a Spurs win as well. I'm going to go 2-1 Tottenham. Kevin, you haven't really got your trophies and your medals uh, ready ready to show us, have you? They're, they're very close. 
They're very close. Trust me, they're very close. But listen, I'm not, I'm not going to be showing you medals and all that. This is a North London derby. I'm going to give you my prediction. I ain't going to show you no medals. I'm going to give you my prediction. I predict Arsenal to win 3-1. Um, keep that sign over Spurs at the Emirates. Spurs are a lot better side than they were in previous, um, especially last season. I thought you just came to, to hold on. Um, obviously, you're more attacking now. So that's something Arsenal have to worry about. But I think your attacking mentality plays into our hands. So I'm going 3-1 Arsenal. Can I just ask you all one very final question? Where do you think Arsenal will finish in the league table at the end of the season? And where do you think Spurs will finish? Kevin, let's start with you. Yeah, I said second. Um, I want Arsenal to win it, obviously. Um, if they don't win it, I think Arsenal will finish second. And I think Spurs will be six. Okay. Six in the league. Sophie? Um, I think we'll finish second or third. I think uh, Liverpool um, will have a lot more to say this season. Whether or not they can last for the long haul, we'll see. Manchester United and Chelsea seem a little bit more broken um, this season. Well, you know, I think Tottenham, I think you guys will do a lot better than folks think. I actually think you're going to get top four and I think you'll be playing Champions League football next season. Go on, so oh, She's been nice to us. James? <laughs> I think uh, being honest, man. Me here. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think the introduction of European football is going to stretch a little bit. I know they've, I know they've bought well, but uh, I think it's going to stretch it, and I think they'll drop out to third. And I see Tottenham finishing fourth. That's my prediction. Okay. Yeah. Well, James, thanks so much for joining us uh, this afternoon to talk oh, no, about Chris, the North London derby. You, Chris, what yeah, Chris, what about yeah, you? Yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about it. I'll tell you what, I'll be honest, Kevin, this is a huge week for Spurs. Arsenal away, Liverpool at home. I think that this next week will show people a lot about Tottenham and tell um, you know, everyone yeah, exactly where we are. And uh, I think it will show Ange Postacoglu exactly where the players are as well. But the players have stepped up so far. I've been very happy with what I've seen. The atmosphere has been incredible so far and long may this continue. But I tell you what, if we got a win at the Emirates on Sunday... Um, the scenes would be unreal. So uh, I've got I've got goosebumps even thinking about it. So uh, the Everest, I'm never coming back on here again. Neither ever. Like don't ever invite us and don't clip that clip. Please. Yeah, don't clip nothing. I'm off. Hope to never see you again. Come on, show us your medals. Come on. No, no, no. no I don't do that, man. I don't do that. That will just be rubbing it in, guys. I won't do that. I reckon he's got a Tottenham top on. He's got one. He's got one top on, isn't he? James. Yes. James, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. So Voice of Spurs across uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, and I'm uh, next at the stadium for the home game versus Liverpool. I'll be playing at the Shelf Bar, which is East Stands. Um, all the classics, some hits. And uh, yeah, come along, man. Pre and post match. Come along, Kev. <laughs> and Sophie, thanks I so much for coming. And you've been in the oh. after Sunday, James. <laughs> Sophie, you've been a wonderful guest again. Where can people find you? Uh, thanks. I'm uh, at Highbury Squad. Let's, I just love to talk about our show. Uh, me and Super Kev, uh, it's great. You know, fan, ex-player, 
it's a little bit more unique than some of the other Arsenal podcasts out there. If you have family members who are Gooners, Spurs fans, let them know about us. And I tell you something, if Ange beats Mikel the weekend, I fear for Mikel, oh, the narrative's going to be ugly. So come on, you Gunners. If uh, if we don't, if you win on Sunday, Sophie, I think I'm blocking you on X. <laughs> I, for, for a day or two, anyway. Yeah. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on. It's, you've been a, an absolutely wonderful guest. Really enjoyed your company. Hopefully we can get you back on the on the channel one day. Um, where, where can people find you and what are you up to? If you get Sophie back on, I'll be on. Um, just don't book that James on. Listen, number one, Kevin Campbell on Twitter. And you find me with Sophie at the Ivory Squad on Twitter, on X, as it is. Well, Sophie, James, Kevin, thanks so much for your company. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we will see you Sunday afternoon when hopefully Spurs have beaten Arsenal at the Emirates. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Arsenal! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.